Good morning. Welcome to the second part of a series called Ready or Not. Now, if some historians, some scientists, and if the ancient Mayans are correct, the world has 12 days left. It's supposed to end because their calendar ends, the Mayans, on December the 21st. Last week we started talking about, well, what does that mean that we see in the news all of a sudden that there's something supposed to happen on that day? And no matter what you've heard, it's really just based on a couple of sources that have found that the long count Mayan calendar, which counts an age as a little over 5,000 years, ends on or about December 21st, 2012. The reality is, it really just means that their calendar ends. The same way ours is going to end on December the 31st, 2012. So thousands of years from now, if somebody finds our whatever we leave that shows how we counted time, they're going to say, well, these people were obsessed. They, they ended it every year. I mean, every 12 months, they started over again. That's all it is. So when you see in the coming weeks, in the next 12 days, all this stuff about the Mayans and their calendar, it just means that their calendar is coming to an end and a new age is beginning. But it's got a lot of people thinking about, well, what if it is the end? What, what, what if that is the day? What if December 21st is the day? Or what if it's December 15th? Or what if it's January 8th? What? It's got people thinking about the end. And so we thought, well, let's take a few weeks and talk about what it really means to be ready should the end come soon. Now, how many of you knew 340 days ago that Christmas was coming in 2012? Tell the truth. How many of you knew that? You knew it. Of course you knew it. Now, I won't ask for a show of hands because I don't want to ruin anybody's surprises or lack thereof. But how many of you have yet to go out and do the shopping for gifts for people that you know if you don't buy for it, you're in big trouble? There's probably several of you because we're really good at the art of procrastination. I'm an artist. I'm very good at it. And you may be as well. Even though I know what's going to happen 365 days from this December 25th, I'll still be out a couple days before Christmas going, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I? And I know some of you do that as well. You have to take the kids out to play or something. You'll think of a reason to go out and you'll go buy something and say, well, let's just get that, honey, save the receipt. Mommy can bring it back after Christmas because you waited. And even though you know the day is coming, you still wait till the last minute. Well, Jesus talked about his return because he knew our tendency to wait till the last minute. So he tells us, you need to be ready when I do come back. And so we're spending a few weeks talking about, well, what does it mean to be ready? Because just as sure as December the 25th is going to happen, just as sure as you know if the world lasts, it's going to happen again 360 some days from now. Just as sure as that's going to happen, Jesus is going to return. He's going to come back. I don't know how all that's going to work. There's a lot of different people, a lot smarter than me, have theories about how it may happen based on how they interpret Scripture. 
how's it going to look? I mean, literally, he's going to come walking down out of the clouds. Literally, people are going to float up in the air. I don't know if that is all literal or figurative, but what I do know is he is going to come back. And, and theologians, historians who read the Bible can't deny the fact that Jesus believed and taught that, that his followers believed and taught that someday he will return to gather all the people who are his followers and take them into eternity with him. And how that plays out is not as significant as that it is going to play out and that end is going to come. So don't get all worried about dates and and what does this mean and well that person means this and don't worry about that worry about think about well an end is going to come and I do need to be ready and that's what we're looking at as we look at some of the teachings of Jesus in regard to the end of time there's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now if you're here for the first time you'd like a Bible please raise your hand the ushers will give you one that's yours to keep you can just take it home with you if you just like to borrow it and read along as I read today you can do that as well and leave it in the back on the way out The scriptures are also displayed on the screen if you'd like to just look up there and read as well. In the book of Matthew, chapter 24, Jesus had been teaching about the future. He had been talking to his disciples about some things that were going to happen soon. And if you read the book of Matthew, it's the first book in the New Testament, if you start to read around chapter 24, back up and read some of chapter 23, Jesus is prophesying. He's talking about the future and events that are going to happen. But when you read it, it's easy to get confused because some of the events he talks about are are going to happen within the lifetimes of the people he's talking to. And then some of the events are going to happen at some point in the further in the future. And we're still waiting on that point when he returns. So he mixes as he's talking this prophecy about his imminent return at some point in the future, but he's also talking about something that's going to happen in the lifetime of the people who were his listeners. And one of the things that happened in AD 70, you can look it up in history books, Jerusalem was destroyed. And Jesus told him almost 70 years before that, that it was going to happen. And he also told him that he was going to return and what they needed to do to prepare. And so that brought up a lot of questions from his followers who were listening to him teach. And here's how he answers in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, beginning at verse 36. Jesus says, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at a hand mill and one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and he would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So Jesus is trying to answer these questions about when he's coming back by saying, look, I don't even know. But he says, I want you to be ready because I'm going to come when people don't expect it. 
And so he goes back to his story that you can read about in the Old Testament book of Genesis, first book in the Bible, about Noah and the ark and the flood. And he's talking about people who were alive back then who were not part of Noah's family. And he says, well, they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage and being married. In other words, Jesus was saying they were just going about life. They were just planning their future. They were just getting their family started. Maybe they were just buying their home. Maybe they were just starting their career. And Jesus said the flood came and swept them away, and they were obviously oblivious to the fact that this destruction was upon them, so they didn't prepare for it. And you can just imagine if you would have been alive in the days of Noah when God flooded the earth and the water started to rise, how many people do you bet, wish they would have slowed down long enough to take a course in marine vessel construction? Or wish they would have gone to the Y and taken swimming lessons or something? And they would have wished, I wish I would have prepared. I didn't know this was upon me. So Jesus is saying, I'm coming back, so I want you to be prepared. I want you to think about it. I want you to know about it, so get prepared. We live a lot of our lives preparing for the future. I get to travel a good bit with some networks our church is involved with and get to go hang out with other pastors around the country. And every time that I fly, I think, God, thank you that I have my family taken care of. Please protect me. And I have life insurance just in case something happens. I don't want anything to happen, but it could. And if it does, at least financially, my family is protected because I'm prepared And you're probably prepared the same way. And Jesus is saying, look, I want to tell you this, not to scare you, not to make you think I'm out to get you, but just so you'll be prepared when the time comes for me to return and take my followers into eternity with me. So if you're taking notes, just write down this simple statement, I need to be prepared But a lot of people say, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to that. I'll get prepared. Don't be so busy in life that you never get to the most important things. What are those things? Take the time to get to know God. Take the time to to read his word, to get to know who Jesus is based on what eyewitnesses said, based on the words of Jesus himself. Get involved in relationships with people who also have a spiritual perspective that Jesus is coming back someday. Get to know people and learn from people who understand that this world that we see is not all that there is. You know, first service, I just said this uh, just kind of off the cuff. I said, and go on a mission trip. Go to a third world country. And I had somebody come up after first service and said, I want to go. When, when are we going on another trip to Ecuador? Because we planted a church there. And I was like, well, I don't know. We need somebody to lead it. And he was like, I'll lead it. When's the trip? Because he wanted to go. And I encourage everybody to go one time in their life, just one time at least, to get a different perspective, to understand, one, what a blessed wonderful life that we live, that I believe God's made available to us, but to give us perspective that what we see and the way we live is not all that there is. So we need to be prepared. And part of that preparing is just slowing down 
and getting an awareness and an understanding that this life is not all that I need to invest in. The New Testament writers wrote with this expectation that, that Jesus would return. Every book you read in the New Testament, there's a writing with this expectation that someday the end will come because they knew that Jesus wanted us to be ready. Now, not only does he want us to be ready for that day, that end day, whenever that is, whether it's this December 21st or not, he wants us to be ready for that day, but he also wants to be ready, us to be ready for a day that we're all going to face, and that's our end day. And I almost, when I started putting this message together, I was like, man, that's a downer, talking about our death. I want people to leave feeling like, yay, it was great, not like, yeah, we talked about death today in church. Let's go to Moe's and have dinner, you know, I mean, but the reality is, if you read the Bible, God wants us to have this awareness that our lives are temporary, that we are going to experience an end day. And just as much as we don't know when the end day is going to be for the world, unless you've gone to a doctor and gotten horrible news, you don't know when your end day is going to come. It could be this afternoon. It could be 90 years from now. But it's coming. In the book of James, he writes about this. James is a book in the New Testament that just talks to us about our faith and how to live that out on a day-to-day basis. And here's what James says about our lives. Why? You do not even know what, tom- what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now, James would not have been popular on the motivational speaker circuit. <laughs> I don't think people would have said, let's get that guy James. He like pumps us up. No, James is saying, oh, your life is just a mist. It shows up for a little while and then it's gone. So you want to plan for tomorrow? (laughs) You You may not even be here tomorrow. So life is short. So I need to be ready for my end day. Life is unpredictable. You could hit the lottery or you could get hit by a bus. You could find the love of your life or you could lose half of everything that you own. It's unpredictable. Last Christmas Eve, I stood on this stage and talked about the fact that I was probably going to have to go to a funeral of my great aunt over the holidays. I was talking about how unexpected things happen, and my mom had called me that day and said, your Aunt Audrey's probably not going to live. So I prayed for my aunt. She's a wonderful, godly lady in her late 80s, and I thought I was going home. I even took the suit with me in case I had to go to the funeral. And I go to see her in the hospital, and she'd just woken up the day before and said, who paid my power bill while I was asleep? I've been worrying about my power bill. (laughs) And here we are almost a year later. Audrey's moved home. She's back home, living by herself. And a year ago, everybody said it's over, so it's unpredictable what is going to happen. And so the Bible encourages us over and over again, just be ready. Don't try to predict when and when it's not going to happen. Just be ready in case it does. In the Greek, which is what the New Testament was originally written in, where James says, what is your life? The literal translation would be, what sort is your life? In other words, think about your life. Sit back, take some stock, and think about how your life is going. 
Don't just fill it with plans and be busy and plan for the future, but think about your life. Here's why. You are going to be dead a lot longer than you're alive, right? Just take that in for a second. Write that down. Think about it all day. Whatever comes after this life is a lot longer than this life. So shouldn't we spend most of our time preparing for whatever comes after this since it's a lot longer than this? I mean, if, if you're in perfect physical condition, you might get on a Smucker's commercial that you live to be 120 or something. But that's about it. You're not going to get, if you get any past that, if you get to that, you're like in a very small percentage. So this life is short compared to what comes after, after this life. So why not spend some time in this life taking stock and thinking about, well, what comes next? What do I need to be prepared for? I mean, when you look in the mirror one day and you think, I look really good. Then you look in the next day and think, I don't have enough money to fix that. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's only going down and I don't know what I'm going to do. The reality is this body, as much as care of you take of it, is going to wear out. The death rate is the same this year as it was last year, one per person. <laughs> so there's nothing morbid about thinking about, well, what's going to happen after this life? Early American theologian Jonathan Edwards wrote a bunch of personal resolutions, and one of them was this. He said, I resolved to think much about on all occasions of my dying and of the common circumstances which attend death. Well, you think, that's weird. Why would you do that? Why would you think about your death? A couple summers ago, I was at my mom's house, which used to be my grandfather's house, and some of his old journals are there. And I just started going through my old, my old, the old journals of my grandfather, and I was reading some things that he wrote. And, and I came to 1967, which is the year I was born. 45, don't try to do the math, listen to me, okay? <laughs> so I, I was looking in, in the fall of, ni- fall of 1967, my grandfather would have been in his 50s, late 50s, and he's writing about his death. He's writing about his funeral, and he's writing who he wants to say what at his funeral, and what, who he wants to lead this song and sing that song and have this person say that. And then I keep going through the years, and every few years, here was another funeral plan. And some of the people he'd planned to take part died, and he just crossed their name out and wrote in somebody else's. And I thought, was my grandfather obsessed with death? Was he dealing with depression that nobody ever knew? Was he living in this darkness of this fear of death? And then a couple years ago, I was teaching through James, and I remembered that, and I thought, no, maybe my grandfather was just trying to keep perspective, that this life ends. In early American Puritan towns, there were two things at the center of town. One was a church, and the other was, guess what? Cemetery. And they did that on purpose. Because as people went about their daily lives, they wanted them to think about two things. One was God, and the other was the fact life is temporary. And their hope was that that would influence the way you interact with others, influence the way you do business, and influence the way you live your life. We need to understand that our days are numbered, so we should prepare for them. Jesus tells a story of a rich, prosperous man who didn't prepare for the next life. And here's how the story goes. Luke chapter 12, Jesus said, The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. 
He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns. I'll build bigger ones and there store all my grain and goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded of you. And Jesus is trying to get his listeners to understand, don't get so caught up in today that you fail to prepare for your end day. Because for every one of us in this room, there's going to come a time when life ends. And Jesus is trying to say, I want you to be prepared for that. Just like you know Christmas is coming 15 days from now, and you know that it's coming again after that, another 365 days, Jesus is saying, I want you to be prepared for my return and for your ending. There's a guy that goes to our church that he knows about when his end is coming. He knows at best, statistically speaking, he's got two years to go. We had our video team sat down with him this week and he shared part of his story. I want to share it with you today. My name is Kim Pressey and this is my wife, Joan. And uh, I was diagnosed with ALS in December 2009. Since that time, a lot of things have happened, but uh, one of the nice things that's happened is I got married to Joan. Uh, One of the bad things that has happened is I've realized the extent of what ALS means, and it means that you'll have a shortened life expectancy. Uh, The average life expectancy for someone with ALS is, is said to be anywhere from three to five years. But it can vary a lot. Uh, And we've seen that it's different for everybody that has ALS. Everybody's different. And uh, we've heard that a a dozen times, if not more. And it's kind of frustrating, actually, to try to understand what to expect. Um, You know, how long do I have to live? And uh, what do I need to be prepared for next? Uh, That's something that. Nobody can really give us a good feel for most of the time. Um, But in spite of having a death sentence, which we all have, I still am very blessed. And and, um, it has made my faith more real, more stronger, I think. I've learned to trust God more. Um, Not that I didn't trust him before. I've been Christian since I was young brought up in the church and so was Joan but having ALS makes it you deal with you realize it on a day-to-day basis because of the aches and pains that come with uh, having the disease to prepare for death is something that I don't think about every day but it is something that we've taken some action to do you know like setting up living will and healthcare, power of attorney, stuff like that, um, that I normally wouldn't have thought about at my age. <laughs> I think we also realize how important our relationships are. And we, I think, have really made a concerted effort to try to stay in touch with people, more so probably now, because life yeah. gets busy all the time. 
and uh, I think we realize that you know you can't put off things like that. So we really try to make an effort to to uh, keep in touch with people and keep in touch with friends and family. I don't know that I've gone through the stages of fear and anger and denial like someone might have who's gotten a very short you know, life expectancy from a diagnosis of cancer or something. But um, there's definitely been times when I've been frustrated and angry. And, um, but as far as, you know, thinking why me, I've, I've never really struggled with that. I, I think, why not me? You know, it, even though it's a rare disease, you know, you might say, well, why me? I don't have a problem with that. Everybody's going to die one way or another. Yes, I think uh, because of having the disease, I think about the future and heaven, and you know, because I think it, you know, it's not as far off as what I used to think before I had the disease because I was just caught up in daily activities, you know, spending most of my time at work and focusing on that and, and uh, now it's it's something I think about probably every day and uh, certainly when I'm with friends who aren't Christians I I think about it in terms of hoping that I can have an influence on them uh, and hoping that they'll connect with Christ to enjoy what we've enjoyed well if I were to say something to someone that's you know, in the prime of their life and not thinking about death, and instead thinking about what are they gonna do next. I would say that uh, you need to remember that life is temporary. Uh, everyone is appointed, you know, a, a time to die once in their life and uh, you should be prepared and uh, you should think about that every day because time is valuable. I think that, um, you should value relationships that you have and uh, make the most of the opportunities that God gives you, um, particularly when it's uh, with those that you know don't know Christ, because those are important opportunities. Uh, Jesus also commanded you to love each other, and by doing that, uh, the world will know that you know He made a difference in the lives of the people who love Him. I think there's one point that we do want to make, and that's that? that's that we are not doom and gloom people, yeah. despite the diagnosis. Ken and I routinely crack each other up. Yeah. Absolutely crack each other up when we're rolling on the floor practically. Well, we even laugh at the problems I have because they're funny sometimes. You, you either have to laugh or cry, and we choose to laugh, and that's just the way we are. And I think that that, you know, it, you know, yeah, there's there's a lot of difficulties, there's a lot of frustrations, but when you know, when you have your faith that, that God will provide, you know, you just have to, you do, you have to deal with the day-to-day -day stuff. And sometimes the day-to-day -day stuff is not easy, but, yeah. but and sometimes it, you get in situations that uh, are almost comical. <laughs> so you have to laugh. That's right. So I think that's one of the messages is that, yes, you know, Ken's 
uh, prognosis is not great, but you know that doesn't keep us from enjoying life and and enjoying the people that are around us and celebrating. You know, every Sunday morning when we go to church, we love the music, we love singing, we love seeing people. You know, we we feel like we still have a lot of joy in our lives, and I think that that's really really important. And I think that the only way you can have that is to have faith that. You know, God will provide and that God has something better for you once you leave this earth. I think that's really important. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> when I first saw that video a couple of days ago, I it ended and I was just sitting there staring at the screen and I thought, the only difference between me and Ken is that he kind of has an idea when. That's the way to be ready. Be ready as if it were going to be today. And I don't tell you that to make you down. It's to give you perspective that what happened, what Ken is going to get to experience probably sooner than all of us, what we'll all get to experience if we're ready and we've cultivated that relationship with Christ is described in the Bible. We, we can even read about, well, this is what it's going to be like when that end day comes for us. So today was just, we're just talking about being ready. Next week, we're going to talk about be confident because for those who know Christ, when he returns, this is what they're going to experience. Revelation 21 says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Please come back next week when we talk about you can be confident that what Ken's going to experience, what I just read about from Revelation, can be a reality when, this, when the end day comes for you. Let's pray. God, thank you for your encouraging words that make it so clear that you have a better place awaiting for those of us who just profess our faith in your son. And God, help us to live with an awareness that this life is not all that there is. As we're enjoying family and enjoying careers and enjoying the possessions that you've blessed us with, allow us to have perspective that this is not all that there is. And may nothing in this world fill us up. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.